Tyler. Hello. So, Last of Us continues to be amazing. Yeah, that's my favorite fucking show. Yeah. And turns out the episode where they, like, deviate from the game turns out to be one of the best episodes. Yeah, I was reading a lot of people were unhappy about that. But, uh, which uh, I have no idea why. I mean, I, I get it's not true to game, and I understand that. Like, that's always everyone's gripe with fucking uh, video game turned movies, right? Or books, even book turned movies, where it's like, oh, that's not yeah. how it actually was. Well, there's only so much you can do in, like, to try yeah. and progress the story, it's not like they were going to spend a lot of time on that character anyway, and them working together and doing, like, the little side quests like you do in the game for loot, right? They, so, I get it. And, and like, really, like, the only major change they did from the game is, like, build dies, right? You know, like, aside from that, everything is from the game, pretty much. Well... Character-wise, I guess, right? Well, you don't really get, like, the rich fucking backstory of... A to Z with Bill and Frank, though, in the game. No, there's a few, like, collectibles that you can, like, pick up and read, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I thought that was such an amazing episode of television. That might go down as one of my all-time favorite episodes of television that I've ever watched. It was it's, spectacular. It's It's up there. Like, how they were able to cohesively tell like this like beautiful love story within like 65 minutes and by the end of it everyone was almost crying it was kind of like yeah it was a <laughs> these guys know what they're doing <laughs> it was a fucking tearjerker like the fucking final line of bill offerman like nick offerman. spoilers ahead yeah like when they're committing suicide like that whole that his last line was just like heartbreaking it was just like yeah okay <laughs> yeah that and was... it was funny too good. And I was reading because uh, a lot of people were like, that was that episode was amazing, but it was dark as fuck and, uh, and depressing. And uh, Craig Mazin and the game writers was like, yeah, this was actually one of the more happier episodes that we did for the show. We figured three episodes in, we actually needed to lighten it up. And I was like, Jesus Christ, how fucking dark is this going to get? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's amazing, and I cannot wait for the next one. It's yeah. it's so good, but we I think we talked about this off air last week. I was determined to uh, play The Last of Us on my Steam Deck. Oh yes, and I was and you, uh, I was pissed. Loaded up the PS3 one. How'd that work? Yeah, it didn't work. Oh, ended up still failing. So I'm a little miffed about that, but. Uh, Nonetheless, I was getting really worked up because to me it felt really stupid that The Last of Us TV show was out and Naughty Dog was not releasing The Last of Us Part 1 on PC officially until the series was over. Yeah. And that annoyed the hell out of me. Mm hmm Well, I saw a report recently where Naughty Dog has uh, pushed back. The release of The Last of Us Part 1. Oh, yeah. It was like... I don't think it's long. I think it's only like a month or something like that. But. Uh, they pushed it back like two weeks. It was just... Yeah. So now it's the end of March, which just yep. kind of irritates me a little more. I mean, I get it to an extent. Like, their whole claim is like, holy fuck, everyone is really into the show. Dying to play the game. We want, like, the remastered PC version to be... 
the best it can be with like the minimal amount of like bugs and glitches and the best optimization that we can do. Yeah. So we're just going to take an extra two weeks so that we don't disappoint everyone who's extremely excited for this. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. Cause if you look at like all their PC ports, they've all been like pretty spectacular. Like day one, they just kind of work, you know, which is kind of rare nowadays. Right. So it's like, I get that they want it to be polished. Like they want that like Sony polished stamp of approval or it's just like, Hey, here's the game day one and it's good to go. But it sucks to wait. Cause it would have been cool to play the game as the show was going on. Yep. Which like, I think a lot of people probably wanted to do, you know? So. Well, and like full disclosure, I'm obviously not a game developer in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But it's a little surprising that they were able to pull out and get some of the other PlayStation exclusive games now on PC so quickly, but they're taking so much longer with The Last of Us. And also The Last of Us was released before some of these other PlayStation games that got a PC crossover. And my understanding is that The Last of Us was even in development for a PC port before some of these other games that have been released. Uh, so that kind of bothers me. Like I'm trying not to be too hypocritical here. Cause I was a big champion of right before cyberpunk came out. And like, we all know cyberpunk was like delayed like year after year after year. I sat there and went, that's fine. Delay it another year. If that means this game is going to be cohesive and coherent and like playable to the best of its possible abilities. Take another year if you need. Yeah. And I had lots of friends that were telling me I was stupid. And then the game came out and was so fucking glitchy that like, I think I played four or five hours of it and then just got to the point where it's like, this is unplayable. And at the time, like when that game came out, like I was running it on a 3080 in a high spec machine. It's not like I was running something old, right? Yeah. So, that just further cemented my my opinion that like, hey, they should have just taken a little bit more time. Yeah. So like part of me is thinking the same thing for The Last of Us, but at the same time, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This game should have been out prior to the release of the show. Yeah. Yeah, there's like that. Yeah, I get it. And how long is it going to take to get the fucking part two on PC? Oh, God, who knows? Is that one going to be ready before season two? Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends on... I guess this kind of leads into that they actually greenlit season two. So I don't know how quickly they're going to jump into season two production after this. You'd think they would want to almost do it like Game of Thrones, where it's like, all right, next year this time, we'll be at you with the second season, but who knows? Production times are kind of crazy nowadays. So. Yeah, I don't... Well, plus in all the big actors in the show have other stuff on the go, right? So you got to work around schedules and... Yeah, totally. But at least we're getting a season two. Yeah, and it sounds like it's going to be... Uh, season, like, part two might be two seasons, which actually makes a ton of sense because the second game is, like, twice the game as the first one, whereas lengthwise, so... Mm -hmm. Which I'm alright with. 
Yeah, yeah. Last of Us. That shit's good. So good. Okay. So I have no idea if this is actually going to happen, but Tobey Maguire is totally down to do more fucking Spider-Mans. Do they make more Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans? No. <laughs> yeah, I figured that was probably the answer. Like, there's no way they're going to do this, right? I, I mean... The only a way that I think that they do it is if they do it, like, in the vein of Logan. Like, where it's like, okay, here's, like, the final Toby, like, aged Spider-Man. Like, all right, here's your final movie, and then off with a bang, maybe? I don't... Maybe? I don't I mean, know, or, you, or you let him have some kind of cameo in another fucking multi-dimensional fucking flip-flop time portal space adventure kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't know. We're so far past it, and man, there's lots of, I don't know, debate, I'll say, as to uh, the quality of Spider-Mans. Sure. I see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that... That uh, Tobey Maguire was the best Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield was the best Peter Parker and Tom Holland's just an okay kind of in the middle bouncing back and forth. Oh, really? I, I like think them all. So. I think Tom Holland as present is the best Spider-Man. I like yeah. his Peter Parker. I like his Spider-Man. I think he is the best of both worlds in all regards. Sure. And I'd I, like to see him stay on that ship, but what do you what do you do with Tobey Maguire? And then if Tobey Maguire comes back, do you think Andrew Garfield goes, "Well, Tobey went back," and like, I think it'd be nice to be back. So do you do a standoff, like, because you could, you technically could do, like, another one of Tobey's Spider Mans and get fucking Sam Raimi involved and have it as just like this offshoot of super long time after Spider Man Three. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. And I don't know, like, between, like, because Sony and Marvel made the deal for, like, Holland Spider-Man, where he's, like, in a certain amount of, you know, movies or whatever, and then they still have some rates. Is there, like, can Sony just still make a standalone? I don't know. I think they can. I think Marvel desperately wanted Spider-Man to be part of some of their stuff. So I think it was Sony that got the high end of the stick there where it's like, yeah, the contract will obviously still be you have to make a Spider-Man movie every so many years, right? Like the core yeah, of the contract. And I think the yeah. deal was is like Sony's like, okay, cool. We'll let you use Spider-Man in your Marvel movies, but then you give us the ability to borrow Marvel characters into our movie. Yeah. So by that accord... They very well could just go off and do an, a Tobey Maguire span Spider-Man movie. I mean, I don't have the contract in front of me, so I don't know all the stipulations, but I can't see either they own the rights or they don't. And if they own the full rights, then as a movie studio, they're well within their rights. Technical difficulty. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I can hear you. I just can't see you. So, oh, but yeah, it seems like you're coming. There you are. So, but yeah, I would assume they could make as many Spider-Mans as they wanted. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know in what world Sony would be 
like would sign away the right to make like not be able to make Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. Like that would just seem dumb as fuck. So. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Indeed. Plus, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I would want another Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I think if it was done like kind of in the vein of that Logan movie where it was like, hey, here's like the final hurrah and they did like something like that, I think I could be down for it. I mean, a whole new trilogy. Except, like, are, are you completely forgetting who Sam Raimi is? Because you're not getting that with Sam Raimi directing. Well, yeah, to- totally, yeah. Which is... hey, don't, hey, don't get me wrong. I love Sam Raimi. I think like the Evil Dead movies are some of the best movies of all time. His Spider-Man movies are fucking terrible. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are the worst of all of the Spider-Man movies. And you can sit here and fight me on that. I will die on this hill. Fair enough. I, I enjoy them, but... Yeah, sure. But yeah, no, Sam Raimi's got, like... He's kind of like Zack Snyder in that way. Like, he's got, like, a certain style, right? That he kind of always does. Yeah, well, like you, you can usually see... Like, when you watch one of his movies, you can go, Oh, this is a Sam Raimi movie, right? Like, it's... He's kind of got a noticeable style, so... Well, it was incredibly apparent in the latest Doctor Strange movie too, which like wasn't oh, yeah. on a whole, on the whole like a bad movie, but it was not as good as the other Doctor Strange movies. It was not no. as good as some of the other recent Marvel movies that came out at the same time. No. And like within 10 minutes of that movie and they, that giant eyeball running up and down and them fighting, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is Sam Raimi. Yeah, totally. He's got that very... Distinct styles. But yeah. Who knows what they'll do? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean I'll watch it either which way, but Yeah. What else do we got here? Speaking of superheroes. Oh yes, the new DC slate. Yes, so they announced what is it? I can't even remember what it is. A bunch of shit? Yeah, it was it was a fair amount. I have to reopen the link here. Oh, yeah. So uh, there's an animated series. Yeah. Apparently, Amanda Waller is getting a spinoff. That mm-hmm. Peacemaker show, which, sure. New Superman, new Lantern. That Lantern one had me curious because they were talking about how it was going to be like this space detective show, kind of like True Detective, but with Green Lanterns. And I was like, that could be cool. Interesting. So we got the authority. authority. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I'm not familiar. And this one seemed cool. It's like a they're basically kind of saying like a Game of Thrones style, but in the Wonder Woman island. That I think could be cool. Hmm. And they're saying, oh, they're introducing. Introduction of, I guess, their second Batman, which is, I guess, going to be the Batman that ties into everything. But it's not the, the Pattinson new, Yeah, <laughs> the new universal Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're let, they're doing, like, their whole connected universe. But I saw somewhere, too, that they were calling it that there's the DC universe and then there's the DC something, which basically meant, like, it was, like, solo DC projects and they were... Basically drawing a clear line in the sand that if you see DCU, that means it's one connected world. If you see like DC something else, then 
Those are all one-off offshoots a la Pattinson's Batman or... The Joker. Yeah. Which, I mean, as nice as it is to have, like, everything connected, I mean, that's kind of maybe the best of both worlds where you can actually have people that is just like, hey, I got a really weird take on this character. Can I do it? They're like, mm-hmm. maybe, sure. I don't know. And then I think they're they're doing a Supergirl movie too, which, sure. You think we're still getting the Flash? Apparently we are. Which I don't know why they keep doubling down on that's the one that they're keeping. I mean, especially after Ezra Miller was like fucking kidnapping people and like running around with fucking guns. <laughs> Like, I, I really don't know why they doubled down on that and fucking seemingly canceled everything else. <laughs> I I want to say the only reason they're doubling down on that Flash movie is because that's the only way that they can, like, show people, like, hey, this is, like, the new universe. Like, this is how we're resetting it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably just reset it anyway. I don't, I don't know why they just doubled down on the flash, but yeah, I don't fucking know. I mean, if it's like, coming out, I'll w- still watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it because, like, at this point now, it's like I I don't know that it's actually going to be a good movie, but I'm just like morbidly curious about it, right? Because it's like it's gone through so many reshoots and fucking whatever, right? Like, it's I'm just morbidly curious about it. Yeah, DC Elseworlds. That's what oh, it's called. Okay. So you have the DC universe, and then for all the little unconnected shit, it's DC Elseworlds. All right. I'm still curious if they keep doing all that CW garbage. Ugh. Like, I hope they stop, and it just all goes to HBO at some point, but who knows? I mean... I don't think they will. It would be nice, those... but... You get rid of all those stupid little CW side movies, and that's like everything that the CW has to offer. And Warner needs CW to make some kind of money. And considering they're about to close the door on Riverdale. Yeah. And I wonder if those CW shows just like quietly make a shit ton of bank because the production quality is low enough. Maybe. Like maybe they just quietly, maybe it's just a quiet moneymaker where they're just like, we kind of have to keep making these because it pays bills or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't know either. I think I, they should definitely end, but... Yeah. And I find most CW shows are only good for the first two seasons anyway, and then they all just inevitably go downhill. So. Yes, except, except Supernatural. For, like, Supernatural. <laughs> I mean, that continued good, but... I mean, most CW shows, I think. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how all of that fucking plays out. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to know until they we can actually see them on screen. Like, it's all great to say here's the new DC roadmap and everyone... Like, I know most of the threads I read on the internet, most people were, were pretty positive about what they announced. But, I mean, it's you don't really know until you see it. Yeah, only time will actually tell. I mean, I really liked Peacemaker, so... I, I mean, did too. And I know lots of people that did not think that show was very good. Like, really? Disliked it. Really? Thought it was I terrible. Thought it was great. Yeah. 
And like people and like, okay. If, if it's like an old person who's not into superhero esque stuff, like, okay, cool. I can understand you not liking it, but I had friends that were like my age that watch all this stuff. They watch the Mar Marvel movies and they thought peacemaker was not good. Really? Dead serious. Yeah. I was like, are you high? How are you? I thought this is fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It was super well done. Nope. It was fucking, it was great. <clears throat> Lots of people couldn't, couldn't believe how many people were telling me they didn't think it was a good show. Oh, really? Hmm. That's kind of surprising because I thought the show was great. So we're getting a Tomb Raider TV series. Yes, which, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume we don't get Alicia Vikander back. No, I don't think so. I liked her. I liked her as Tomb Raider. It's going to be Phoebe Walter-Bridge, which, I mean, she's good. I like her. Phoebe Walter-Bridge. Like, the name sounds familiar. I think once you see her, you'll... Be like, oh, that person. Oh, she's writing, so she's not starring it. So, okay, never mind. So they don't have a cast for. Yeah, I was just gonna say there is no way she's gonna be Laura Croft. Yeah, no, I was just reading the article a little bit more, and apparently she's writing the scripts, so, but not starring. I mean. I think Tomb Raider actually would work better as a TV show, to be honest. I mean, if you did it a la some kind of... Yeah, I could see that. Like, as, like, a mystery suspense. You know, all the stuff that I wanted National Treasure to be, but it wasn't. The TV series, that is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it almost works better, but... I, I'm curious, like, because... I find Amazon is kind of hit or miss. Like it's find am like Amazon. You're either getting a really good show or it's kind of like a meh show. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It says here that she's she's written for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So I mean, oh that's yeah, sure. kind of the demographic area style that you're going for with the Tomb Raider. Yeah, totally. I mean. That's kind of who you'd want, is someone that knows that stuff. I mean, I'm not going to be convinced until I see it, but I like Tomb Raider, and I find it... I didn't mind Angelina Jolie's. It was a fun thing. I grew up playing the original Tomb Raider on PlayStation, so it'll always have a little soft spot in my heart. Yeah, me too. But I really, really, really liked the last one that came out with Alicia Vikander, and I oh, would sure. be happy to see another one, but... And I really liked her as Laura Croft, so. Yeah. It's a little. It'd be nice if she came back. Because I liked her as Laura Croft. I, I didn't care for the movie, but I thought she was good. Like, she was a good. Oh, Laura that's Croft. right. I forgot that you hated that movie. Yeah. I often forget that you dislike fun things. It's true. I hate everything. And then you'll sit there and you'll watch 12 hours of Fast and Furious garbage. Yep. Totally. So what else do we got here? Well, then. Oh, The Vow. So you remember that documentary show? 
Oh yeah, no, I uh, started in on season two a while back, and I think I made it like three or four deep, and I was like, this is just too fucking boring. I don't care anymore. Yep, that's kind of where I got to. The only reason I brought it up is the only thing I found interesting in season two is how many people fucking doubled down on like being in the cult, like when they were being interviewed, where they're like, you know, he's in prison for doing all this garbage stuff, and they're like, well. I I don't know that I believe it. Like some people just straight up doubled down on being garbage. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. You would kind of think that after all these criminal things happened, you would maybe just sit back and go, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm not into this anymore, but there was a few people that just straight up doubled down. And I was like, what? Did you watch the whole season? No, I think I, I'm like two or three episodes in mm. i didn't finish the whole second season i watched all of the first but okay that's about as far as i got before i was like nah, i can't do this anymore yeah i just lost interest but... yeah it's not not very good no and I, that's crazy because like the first one i thought was amazing yeah i think it's like more so like because like it's like the it's like the after part of it right like the first season you're like uncovering the road to like oh this is why it happened and then like the second season isn't as i guess exciting yeah because it's like post interviews kind of thing right yeah like there's no crazy investigation i guess happening in the second one right it's more so interviews i guess right yeah not in, not interesting at all heaping pile of shit two thumbs down so you added avatar did you finally watch the new Avatar movie? Yeah, we went and saw it in theaters on Friday. And? It's too fucking long. <laughs> well, yeah, because isn't it like... It's three fucking... hours and ten minutes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I will... Like, at least I will admit, it wasn't like I was sitting there and then like an hour in, I started going, Oh, fuck, okay, is this over? Like, I, I was entertained the whole time, and I wouldn't say time flew by quickly... But it it passed at a decent rate where it's like, oh, okay, the movie's over. And like at no point was I sitting there like, come on, finish, wrap it up, let's go. So at least the pacing was decent. Yeah, but I don't know. I can understand the whole like, oh, I can't I couldn't make Avatar 2 until the technology got better. Sure. But is it like really apparent like the like No. no. Is the okay. No. Nope. I think right. he could have made this movie five years ago and it would have been fundamentally the same. Sure. Yeah. There are lots of scenes because they film it with such heavy CGI mixed in with like player stuff. It, uh, it feels, and if, if you don't play video games that involve a lot of cinematics, you might not know what I'm talking about. Like you would though. Yeah. It felt at times when I was watching scenes, it felt like I was watching a video game. Oh. Like just the, the refresh rate of the camera and, and the graphics mixed with the person and like how the camera moved. Like it was like oh. watching a cutscene from like dead space or the last of us. Like it was, it was really, it was weird. Oh, I wonder if that's what he meant by technology is like where he needs like video game levels of, like accuracy because nowadays video games are like so good that it like kind of looks like that maybe i don't know and it, it had nothing to necessarily do with like 
the way the avatars looked graphically. Like it was, it was all done like with the angle they used and how the camera panned and whatever the refresh rate they were filming in, it felt like a video game cutscene. If like, I don't, you, oh, weird. Yeah, when you watch it, you'll there's no way you miss it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll be watching. You'll be like, just kind of get this weird like feeling. You kind of pull back a second and be like. That felt like a fucking video game cutscene. It's oh. it's weird. And it happened several times throughout the flick. Weird. Okay, now I'm kind of morbidly curious just to see it. Not that it like ruins the movie by by any means, but there there you know what? There was two things that absolutely did ruin the fucking movie for me. Oh, and did I you have I, uh teenagers taking selfies again? No. <clears throat> it was uh Sully's two sons constantly throughout the flick say bro like they're fucking college frat house party kids okay and then their one friend who they call spider who's actually a human who's like living on that avatar world and kind of grows up with them sure they call him cuz oh fuck fuck off what up cuz I just was rolling my fucking eyes so hard just like yeah whoever wrote that dialogue should maybe take a break i it just i don't know it for me it pulled me out of the avatar world oh because it was like at like not normal dialogue yeah like i it's not something i expected it's not something i would ever expect to hear coming out of those characters mouths and there was absolutely no need for it like considering that they're kind of like i don't know more or less it's like the tribes and the different clans or whatever you want, whatever they're technically called in the avatar series and how they have their like native lands. It's very reminiscent of like native Americans, right? Like this is the white people coming in and taking their shit, taking their resources, taking their land. So I don't, I don't know why they felt the need to like throw this in where like the two teenagers are running around. Oh, that was so awesome, bro. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, that seems like it, it pulled really me st- out a couple of times. Like I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I'm rolling my eyes so fucking hard. I have to hit myself in the back of the head to get them to come back down. Jeez. Uh, aside from that, that seems weird. Aside from that, it was a good movie. If they like, if they could just get rid of the bros and the cuz, then yeah, it would it would be pretty decent. I don't even understand, like, if they were growing up and living alongside, like, a bunch of fucking humans or, like, other high school humans and stuff, and they pick that kind of language up, sure, but, nope, it's only, yeah, it's only, like, the two brothers and the one friend. Like, you don't hear that kind of shit out of any of the other avatars, so you gotta wonder where they fucking picked it up from and why, and I don't know why I'm so stuck on this point, but it just... Every time I heard it in the movie, I was just like, that's fair. That's fair. Aside from that though, it was a good movie. It was really cool to see all the water and like, they did a really good job with all the water effects and stuff, but. Well, yeah, it's James Cameron. He's got a weird fascination with water. Dude's been to the bottom of the Marina Strange. Yeah, fair. Sam. Yeah. It was good, but I mean. 
I wasn't dying to see Avatar, to be completely honest. Like, it's so much time has passed since the first that I was like, ah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah. Just happened to have gotten to it. Yep. Same thing with Avatar 3, though. I'm not, not sitting here like, ooh, I need Avatar 3, come on. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, I'll, I'll probably watch it whenever it hits VOD. That way I can pause it an hour and a half through if I need to take a piss. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I had to get up and leave the theater and go take a pee during that movie. Yeah. So it's... See? Yeah, so big pile of meh. That's kind of what I've heard is like a few people I know that have watched is kind of like, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was an Avatar movie. Like, it was enjoyable. Yeah, that about sums it up which is kind of weird for the Avatar movies, but at the same time, those kind of the first movie too, right? Like I remember the first movie being like, Oh, that was a good movie, but it was like, it wasn't spectacular. Right? It was just like, Oh, that was a fine movie. See, and I had a different experience with the first movie. When I went and saw the first movie, it was like, Holy shit. Like, look at what can be done with like CGI and computers. Like that was the big foray into like, this is the future of movies. Oh, like, sure. Look at what you can do. This is a massive cinematic achievement in this world as to how far you can push things and literally create things on computers or like out of thin air where you don't need hard sets and real actors and you can do all this stuff. But the yeah, second true. one was like, oh, cool. You waited 10 years because you needed ray tracing in your water? I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah, I don't know why he waited so long. I'd be curious, like, <clears throat> if they released, like, a behind-the-scenes of, like, specifically what technology, like, he had to wait for. Like, I'd be interested in watching that, because maybe there is some, like, thing that we don't know about that he's like, oh, this is actually why. I don't know. He, and, like, I've, and I'll be, okay, to be fair, I haven't gone full-blown internet detective, but I've, like, lightly skimmed and... All I see is like interviews and stuff where he says like, oh, he has to wait for the next avatar because he needs the CGI to advance to the point where he can do what he has going on in his head, which I imagine is some of like, there's actually a fair amount of like battle scenes throughout that whole movie. Like a lot of it was actually fighting. Yep. So I imagine he just needed more high tech, more modern CGI to make some of these half real human boats and stuff, half avatar digitally created fight scenes. Like when you inevitably watch it, you'll see some of these and it's like, it's pretty impressive how they blend the graphical with the real very, very well. Okay. So, so I, yeah, maybe it's just some combination of like, it's just, we can't render this at the time maybe or something. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Like maybe it's not like a technical achievement of like, 3d or whatever like when he did it it was more like hey we just need better shit to mm -hmm. do this and we yeah. don't have it yet so which sure i could understand that way right? so. yeah all in all pretty meh it was an okay movie not Fair dying enough. to see the third one probably won't watch the second one again call that one done and dusted yeah and i mean how long is the wait for the third one gonna be like, I know they shot it back to back, but like, you know, they're waiting at least another year. Maybe they'll release it in the summer for a summer blockbuster. I don't know. 
You would think, because part of my problem in not being excited for Avatar 2 was because it was like fucking like 15 years or I don't know how long, but it seemed like an insanely amount long time. Ideally, you'd want a shorter wait time. Yeah, absolutely. Because you lose interest. I've seen that happen with TV shows where I got to wait like a whole year or two before a new season drops. And I'm just, eh, okay, well, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Apparently, are you, you put in the password sharing? Is that because, like, didn't they, like, drop it and then, like, fucking delete it? <laughs> They've been talking about it for a while and they've been talking about uh, doing a trial run down in South America. Right. And then some guidelines showed up on Netflix's like American Canadian kind of FAQ service page, whatever you want to call it, where they're like, Hey, this is going to be the guidelines for password sharing, which basically states that, uh, It'll register your home network Wi-Fi, right. the, the SSD for your Wi-Fi. And anyone who uses that account has to have their device connect to that Wi-Fi address at least once every 31 days. Otherwise, they'll get locked out of their account. Yep. And then through a massive backlash, uh, they deleted it off of their fucking website and went, no, 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 that got posted up there completely by accident. We're not doing that up in North America or anywhere else. That's strictly a South American thing. We have no idea how we made it up there. And then, of course, the Internet people were very quick to point out if that was purely an accident and that's for South America and it just accidentally got posted to the like American site, how in the fuck was it in perfectly worded English? Yeah, totally. Because last time I checked, South America is not, English is not the first and main language. Yep. And then Netflix is like, uh, BRB. And it's just been fucking silent since then. Yeah. But a lot of people are, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's so many problems with you using that method to authenticate. (laughs) Is like, a lot of people I remember like reading in threads and were like, I primarily watch everything on my phone mm-hmm. so i guess fuck me right yeah <laughs> it's just much. like or some people are like i consistently travel for longer than 31 days so i guess i just don't use netflix yeah. cool <laughs> or what if you mm-hmm. have someone who's like let's say your child and their primary residence is at your house but they're currently in university or college where they don't exactly have a ton of free money but they're staying in dorms Okay, shit, I have to make sure that I get back to mom and dad's house once a month and uh, retap my password. But I do watch it on my smart TV in my dorm, so I guess every time I come home, I gotta bring my fucking smart TV with me. Yeah, no shit, like, it's... Like... It's fucking dumb as hell, like... Yeah. Like, if you're only watching on a computer, you might be able to negate it via VPN, but, I mean, the average person is not going to do that. No. So. I mean, no, that's just it right there. You could, if you had someone capable enough, set up VPNs, like a VPN server on like whoever owns, and then have that set up on everyone's phone. But 
That's a long, complicated, and diluted process. Yeah, and the average Netflix user is not going to do that. No. Even the most, like, our Netflix is comped. I don't pay for Netflix. I'm on on a family account here. Okay, yeah. If they crack down and we lose our our Netflix, it's probably it. I'm not. Netflix doesn't have enough shit on there that's worth watching for me to want to keep a Netflix subscription. Totally. Stranger Things is about to end. And eventually we're going to get a season two of Wednesday. Yeah. <clears throat> so beyond that, like there's nothing on Netflix where it's like, Oh fuck, that's on Netflix. I got to go and watch it on Netflix. Don't care. No, it might. For so, me, it's slowly going to turn into like, I'll just subscribe when there's something I want to watch. I think where it's like, okay, Hey, maybe like stranger things, new season is out. I'll sub for a month and binge it or something, right? Yeah, maybe. I'm just going to fucking cut ties with them. Their value proposition is not what it used to be. Once upon a time, it was like, oh, man, $6 a month, and look at all the fucking shit I can watch. And it was great. But now, if you want, like, the tier that allows you to watch 4K shit, you're up in, like, the $24, $25, $26 range. Yeah, which is the one I have. Yeah, it's dumb. And it's, I remember reading something too, and it was like, I don't get why they don't use the feature that they have built in to crack down on password sharing, which is every tier account that they have has a certain number of screens that can use the account. That that solves the whole fucking problem. Like, if you pay for four screens, you should be able to watch on four screens. And if you want a fifth, like if you have a fifth person on your account, well, then they got to get their own. Yeah, charge like, by like, screen and not by person. Yeah, like that should that should be the answer, right? Like, yeah, well, it's like that's how um that's how Dazen Dazone does it. Yeah. When you make a Dazen account, you get five screens, and yeah. when you log in, whatever you log in on is registered as one of your five. Yeah. And then if you all five are taken, and you go to log in on something else, it just won't let you watch any sports. It goes, hey man, you're at your device limit. You can't watch on here. Please watch on one of your registered devices. And it's really nice that you can go on an actual web browser, go into the settings, see what five devices are registered, and remove one so that you can log in off a different device. Yeah. Like, to me, that should, uh, to me, that's the whole password sharing lockdown answer that Netflix needs to solve. It's like they already have the answer. It's just like fucking do that. So. Nope, they want a per user basis because they think they can turn more fucking money out of it. Just dumb. I 100% agree. I think this is going to... When it officially comes out in the US and people start getting locked out of their accounts, you're going to see Netflix subscriber numbers start to fucking pretty steeply drop. They're going to lose a lot of fucking... Like, they're going to lose subscribers for sure, but they're going to lose a lot of viewership time hours of like people on the screen and then of course the execs are going to go oh shit people are watching less we're losing subscribers and then they're going to scramble to try and do the next money making thing which I'm sure will be I don't think the ad supported tier is out yet that's coming out soon yeah and I think that's their way of trying to compensate like hey look can't share passwords anymore but don't worry we, we got your back here's a super cheap one so even though you can't get it for free 
you can get it for just five bucks a month and then reap all the benefits of getting ads on it. But yeah. I think we're back in the golden age of fucking, especially with like the younger kids and the way we are with technology, you see like the humps, right? Where it's yep. like television, cable, all that stuff. People getting pissed and like privacy or piracy starts like climbing high. And then oh, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, we have reasonable bills and piracy's got cracked down on. It's a little harder and you see piracy start to sink and then fucking prices go up. So people pirate more. And then we were on a steady decline for a long time where like it wasn't worth the time or the effort or the risk or any of that stuff to pirate because you could just pay 10 bucks a month for Netflix, 10 bucks a month yeah. for Prime, throw one other streaming service in there if you needed to, you know, $34 a month. That's like a quarter of what your cable bill is. And you have access to all of this television and movies. But then all of them keep upping their prices. And then everyone wants to get a piece of the streaming pie. So Paramount goes and makes their own. HBO goes and makes their own. Freaking Stars goes and makes their own. And then you start adding those all up. And next thing you know, you're back up to $150 fucking dollars again. Yep, totally. Which kind of leads into this article that I saw this morning. Which is apparently us people in Canada love to pirate. Really? Yeah. So I haven't, like, granted, I haven't read most of this article because I just found it this morning. But yeah, apparently, and it seems like they talk more about, like, the IPTV, like, kind of Android boxes that you can buy online. Where it's like, it's you basically just load it up and it's like, hey, here's a bunch of streams, right? Mm-hmm. But, and yeah, it goes on to basically say that, like, the police up in Canada are just like, yeah, we have bigger fish to fry. Keep watching your shit. We don't care. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so it's like, and I don't know, reading this article, I also think at least a big problem, like, up in Canada where we are, is so many streaming services are fucking gated behind their goddamn cable providers that that's the only way you can get them. Like, if you want to subscribe to HBO Max in Canada, you have to do it through your TV provider. I don't think there's any other way you can get it. As far as I'm aware, if you want HBO Max, the actual streaming app, the only way you're getting it is through the Crave streaming app, not even through your cable provider. You ha right. Crave is owned by Bell. So if you That's want right. HBO, you need to pay the $15 a month for Crave on top of whatever HBO costs. And that's the only that's way right. you're getting HBO Max. That's right. I forgot about that. There was like a, that extra layer of bullshit for that one. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, an extra layer of bullshit. Because like Crave in and of itself, with the exception of like, I think Letterkenny, is like yeah. their only Crave exclusive. Their library is completely dependent on everyone else's libraries. They don't mm -hmm. have a ton of great stuff themselves. They don't have great original shows the best stuff that's on crave is hbo so you got to pay 15 for crave and then another 15 to 20 for fucking hbo so like you're in for like 30 dollars to watch yeah. hbo max whereas down in the states you can just pay 10 bucks and subscribe directly to hbo max yeah and it'd be like it'd be different if if they if crave was like hey here is like kind of like a package streaming service that a cable company offered, like that would be attractive. If it was like, hey, here's Crave and it includes HBO, Showtime, and Paramount Plus for 20 bucks a month, I'd be like, that's a good deal. Like, sure. But it's not, because you have to pay add-ons for it, which is like 
fucking horseshit. Well, and not only that, it wasn't until within like the last year, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that, where you could actually watch stuff in, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, 1080p. Yeah, which is right horseshit. If you launched Crave in a browser, the highest resolution you could watch any television show on Crave through a browser was 720p. Not yeah, even fucking, in- not even full HD, 720p. And they just fixed it. So now you can do 1080 in a browser, but you ain't getting 4K out of them. No. That and even like, I'm, when I did use Crave like a couple of years ago, it was like even the 4K, like streaming it from like the cable company 4K box or whatever it was. It's such compressed and shit quality 4K that it's almost not even fucking worth it. So it's like even when you were able to like actually get 4K out of it. I don't think you've just... ever been able to get legit 4K from Crave. Oh. Like Weird. I, to this day, I think you still can't get 4K resolution from Crave. And if oh, you can, I... it's only happened within this past year. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, when HBO was out putting 4K on the cable box. That might have been it. That could be it. And it just, like, it's it's compressed down to shit. But probably what I'm thinking. But yeah. It's hilarious that IPTV is such a big deal up here. And it really is. Yeah. Like, and, But you know what the funny thing is? Is when I talk to other people my age, which granted I'm not young, I mean I'm, I'm fairly old, but when I talk to people my age or I talk to even people that are like younger than me that are in their 20s, yeah. that, that pirate... They're yeah. they're the ones that are like pirating, like streaming TV shows and movies off of like pirate sites. Yep, that's the, the same thing. This is what I've heard. The only people I know who use IPTV to actually pirate legitimate cable channels are old people. Oh, sure. I know an alarming amount of people that are in their sixties, seventies, and eighties that pay $50 a month to have access to IPTV streams where they can just tune in to like any one one of these 500 cable channels from around the world. I don't know anyone under 40 who does it, but I know a, and I'm like, I'm not even exaggerating, like probably 20, 20 plus people in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Really? That, that do IPTV streaming. I wonder if that's because it's the easiest to do, where it's like, hey, pay this, and then you just have the channels on your fucking screen and pick one. Like, I, I bet it's easy use. You No, you want to know the, what the vast majority of the reason is? What? Accessibility when they're gone. All these people I know that use it happen to be snowbirds. And instead sure. of going through the hassle and the rigmarole of trying to bring their Bell or their Shaw satellite dish south, or paying for an American satellite dish when they're south and missing out on the Canadian stuff, they just pay the, the 20, 30, 40, $50 a month for an IPTV, put it on an Amazon fire TV stick. When they're home, they have all their Canadian stuff and the U S stuff. When they're in the U S they have all the Canadian stuff, all the U S stuff. That actually makes a shit ton of sense. That makes a shit ton of sense. Actually. Huh? Crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, they even say, like, 
Well, they also say in this article too that like peer-to-peer sites of like torrents are still really high, but they say that for music, which like I won't deny the fact that once upon a time I've used Napster and I've used Morpheus and I've used Kaza. Oh yeah, totally. I sailed the high seas for a long time. But since I got uh, a music streaming service, I was an early, early, early adopter into that. Yeah. Like, because it was just, here's all the music, right? Yeah. Like it was, and the music streaming right now is like where Netflix was in the early days where it's like, it is just more convenient to pay $9 a month for Spotify and I just get every music I want in one place, right? Well, even before Spotify was a thing, like one of the first music streaming services that like actually had music on there that you could... Like, it had a clean interface, and it had a very, very, very big library of most of the songs that you would ever want. was Beats. That's right. Like, Beats by Dre, aside from being a headphone brand company, was a music streaming service. And a lot of people go, oh, well, Apple bought Beats so that they could make their own headphones. Yeah, sure, that was part of the deal as to why they bought Beats, but the other part is... Beats music streaming is what is now known as Apple fucking music. Sure, yep. And I remember well over a decade ago being in the States, finding out that Beats was a thing, making a separate Apple iTunes account with my parents' American address and buying Apple US, because if you buy a Apple gift card in Canada, you can't use yeah. it on a US account and vice versa. Oh. They're not I universal, didn't know that. yeah. So when I would go down to the States, I would buy $100 worth of Apple, Apple uh, App Store, iTunes, whatever, gift cards in the yep. States, link that to my American Apple account so that I could pay for a year's membership to the Beats music streaming service. And then when I go back to Canada, I would just switch my Apple account back to my Canadian one, but I would have Beats there. So for a right. couple of years... I was streaming all of my music off of Beats, and at the time, the only place you could technically do that was the U.S., but that was the workaround to do it. And that was the first music streaming service I ever paid for. Oh, sure, yeah. Spotify kind of joined and got a little big, and... Yeah. Then Apple bought Beats, and Beats became Apple Music, and then Amazon hopped in the race, but... So if you if you have a if you have a good enough value proposition application or whatever, I I, I think you would drastically reduce the amount of pirating. Well, we've talked about that before, right? Like it's streaming is getting to the point in cable where everyone started to pirate when cable was so ridiculous, where you ended up paying like 150 bucks a month for your cable package. And people are like, this is ridiculous, so I'm just going to fucking pirate all this shit. And then streaming was like, here's the all-in-one place, and now it's like, you're upwards of probably 60, 65 bucks if you're subscribed to most of the streaming services. Well, you're way beyond that. So it's like, it turns into the same problem where people are just like, fuck it, I'm just going to pirate this shit, because I don't want to subscribe to fucking 10. HBO and Netflix alone puts you in the $60 range. Add another 15 to 20 for Prime. Yep. And then another 15 to 20 for Disney. Another 15 for Paramount. 
Yeah, and you're probably easily a hundred bucks right mm-hmm. there. So, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah, they need to figure that out. That's such a fickle one, though, because like you have different studios involved and all that other stuff. It's a little different than music, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we stop seeing if we stop seeing the standard formula for movies being hey, we're an HBO show, so you have to pay the HBO price to get it. I think we're going to start seeing more studios go not as big, all-encompassing studios, but more like small studios. So you have like the HBO studio, they'll make a show, and they'll put it out on multiple streaming platforms and collect royalties from everyone who watches it on those streams, just like you do with music. Yeah. And Which, then you're not honest, limited. Yeah. Which I hope it goes that way, right? Because there's... Well, I'll be more so curious just what what the next shift is, right? Because it's like the shift from TV to streaming happened, and then now what's going to be the, like, streaming to next step, right? Is there some weird... Who knows? Yeah. And what does even cable look like in 10 years, right? I have no idea. I don't know. Cable numbers keep dropping off. I think the only thing that's keeping cable numbers in the game, to be completely honest, are the older, older generations. Totally. Like, I have like my parents. Yeah, my parents have still have it. My grandmother still has it. But I haven't had cable in well over a decade now. Yeah, me neither. I think the last time I actively used cable was when I had a TiVo. <laughs> I used to have a TiVo. I remember yeah. when those first came to Canada. Yeah, they were great at the mm-hmm. time. I don't know if did you ever have to fuck around uh, swapping hard drives in a TiVo, where you had to like plug it into your PC and bless the drive, and then like replug it into the TiVo. Yeah, <laughs> fucking around with that. I did times. do that once. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, all right, I'm gonna do this really convoluted thing to get a bigger hard drive out of this thing that they really don't want me to put in, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Mine, when I first got it, it was super hit and miss because I have this tendency when like this new, newer kind of technology comes out, it's always in the States and then it's, you got to wait God knows how long before it actually makes its way up to Canada. So right. like, just like with the Beats music streaming, when I was down there, I was like, I want this. I'm not, I don't know when it's coming to Canada. I'm not waiting. I did the same thing with the uh, Google Homes. Oh yeah. I went, when I was in the States, I bought a couple of those and brought them home and set them up because like... I didn't know how long a fucking Google Home was going to take before we actually got them in Canada. I think it was almost yep. a year before you could actually buy them in Canada. And I did the same thing with TiVo. Yep. When I was in the States and I was like, I want a fucking TiVo. I can't buy them in Canada. I'll buy one here and I'll bring it home with me. Yep. Yeah, I think I, I think I did. The, I think I bought mine off eBay from the States when it was because it, it wasn't available in Canada. And I, was mm-hmm. like, I want to say you pe- ended up getting one and was like, this is cool. And then I think I ended up getting one or something like that. It's very, very possible. Someone, someone had one and was like, you should check this out. And I was like, all right. Aside from that, yeah, I don't watch cable. I haven't subscribed to cable in a long time. I don't feel a need for cable. And I think most of the people under the age of 40 are probably the same way. The only yep. thing I, the only, like, even for people my age that still have a cable subscription, the only thing that's keeping them there is, um, Sports. Sure. <clears throat> and we're finally getting like real disruption to that market. You can 
pay 20 bucks a month for Dazzin if you want your NFL covered. And you only have to do that for like five months out of the year and then just cancel it and then re-up when football comes back out again. Yeah, totally. Or TSN for hockey. So yeah. now you can like, those are the two most watched ones up here. So if, if you were constantly subscribing to cable just so you could watch the hockey game, and that was the stupid thing too, is like all my friends who would pay for cable just so they could watch hockey wasn't even a fucking guarantee that they could watch their hockey game. Yeah, totally. Because only certain games will air on like CTV and CBC and like Hockey Night in Canada and all that other shit. So you might not even get the ability to watch the team that you want to watch. But now you can pay TSN 15 bucks a month during the hockey season. Pick any fucking game you want and watch it. Yep, totally. Anyway. So fucking, what's going on with Squid Games? Oh, I just keep seeing a lot of reports. Netflix is making a Squid Games game show, much like Mr. Oh. Beast. You know how Mr. Beast made the, his Squid Games? Oh, sure. Their, yeah. Netflix is doing the exact same thing. Okay. Where it's like 362 people and the grand prize is like 3.62 million or something like that. Okay. But a lot of people are saying it's a shit show because <clears throat> where it was filmed was particularly cold. So people were like, not dying, but like freezing to death because they weren't given warmth or they weren't given fucking food. And like the production was a nightmare. Being on set was a nightmare. You have a bunch of people coming out claiming that it's specifically rigged to get the highest amount of views possible because a bunch of the contestants happen to be various YouTube and social media influencers. Sure. And a lot of people are like, Oh, in this example, red light, green light, these people all made it over the line. That's the number required. There's all these people who didn't make it over it, but some of the people who made it over the line, they were killed off. And some of the people who didn't make it across the line, who were famous influencers got to automatically advance to the next round. Oh shit. Okay. Right. Cause if your favorite fucking yeah. Instagram Yahoo is, is in the squid games, probably going to watch it a little bit more right because they draw in that young audience and all their followers sure. they get knocked out in the first fucking round and those diehard fans are going to stop watching because their favorite person just got knocked out already what's the point of watching the rest so yeah there's lots of uh talk that more or less like the first like three or four contests were pretty much rigged and they were given free passes to social media influencers to try and keep them in the game as long as possible so they could keep the fan base watching the show as long as possible. You'd have to read well, it. It's a whole, and it's not even just like one or two people. There's a lot of people coming out going, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like, it's just a fucking nightmare. So Netflix unironically made actual squid games without <laughs> maybe realizing it, which is kind of fucking hilarious. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, fuck. That's fucked. Yeah. So it'll be super interesting to see how that all pans out. Yeah, I'd be curious about that because it's... I wonder after, like, once it's all said and done, I wonder if a bunch of that stuff comes out from, like, people that made it, mm -hmm. like, that far or whatever, right? So. Oh, for sure. Hmm. I didn't even know they made a Squid Games reality TV show. 
I had no idea either until I saw this article of a bunch of people going, this is fucking rigged. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I never watched the original Squid Games either. So. Yeah. I was just never into it, but... I'm not going to lie, neither did I. <clears throat> I did watch Mr. B Squid Games. Oh, I remember seeing, I think it popped up in my YouTube, but I never watched it. But. And then just a random little bourbon here, which I thought was super exciting because I absolutely love Trent Reznor, but him and Atticus Ross are going to be scoring the new David Fincher movie, The Killer. Oh, yep. I think is, he, uh, Reznor's done most of Fincher's scores, I think, hasn't he? Uh, he's done quite a bit, yeah. So it's not surprising people usually like to stick with their people that do the scores, it seems like. so. I'm just hoping for another banger of a score. Like the social network, the yeah. soundtrack, I still randomly will just listen to songs off of that. Totally. That original motion picture soundtrack. It's fantastic. And it's it's really good because it also has some really good like subtle scores where they're not like super pronounced, but like they work super well in the context of the movie right so it's yeah oh yeah no i he's he's great at scoring stuff so yes love him big fan and they're filming the fourth season of umbrella academy right now no that's right because it's the last one which is super exciting because i love that show so i can't wait for the next one sad that i'm actually good Sad that it's ending at four, but at least it's getting a fourth one because Netflix historically likes to cancel at either one or three, so I should just count myself lucky. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like at least it's at least they know the fourth is the last, so they can actually like give it a proper ending, right? That's I guess the best of it. More than a lot of people get. Yeah, like poor Ray Donovan, my beloved Westworld. That's right. That's right. What else we got here? Oh, so how I met your father. So that second season started. And I don't... Did you watch the first season? I watched the first 10 minutes of the very first episode of season one and went, nope, this doesn't feel like how I met your mother. And I stopped. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I enjoyed the first season. I thought it was fine. And the second season is really just more the first. So if you enjoyed the first season, which clearly you didn't, but it's more that, and I enjoy it. So. The the wife watched it. She loves it. She's been yeah. keeping up to date on that. Yeah. I honestly haven't watched too much TV shows as of late. Yeah, me neither. The only other thing I checked out, so Criminal Minds got revived. And revived, yeah, or like I don't know, remade or continuing it after it being off the air or whatever. I don't know, I don't know what you call it, reboot. I don't, whatever. Okay, but I never watched all of Criminal Minds. I think I stopped like part way through that series just because I got bored of it. And I kind of started to do the same with this like reboot because I was like, I don't recognize like half these people. Okay. And I just like kind of was like, I'm kind of more just confused because I don't realize half these people and the people that I did remember aren't really even in the show anymore. So it's like, but yeah. 
So like it doesn't have any of the original cast? It's got like I recognize like three people. And I don't ask me what their names are, but there's like three or four people where I'm like, oh, I remember you. But there's a bunch of other people where I'm like, what happened to those people? Oh. And I, I'm assuming something like they died in the show and it's just I never watched all of the show to know. I don't know. but Okay, fair enough. But yeah. Yeah, I have not watched it, so. All right, what did you add here? I added three things. Did we talk about Barry last week or the week before? Have we talked about Barry recently? I remember you talked about it. I, it might You might have texted me something about it, but I want to say you tried to watch it but couldn't get into it. Yeah, and then I ended up burning all three seasons. Oh, yeah. So it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I actually quite like it. I like watching. Yeah. It's super weird because like the parts where I was having a hard time watching, it's like, oh god, I want to be a hitman. I don't want to be a hitman. I want to be an actor, but I have to do these things. But then, like, have you watched all the Barry? I haven't seen any of it. He's a he's a. It's a transformation, man. It's a transformation, a la like, Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad. Oh. Where, like, he's not as dramatic and not as, I don't know, revolutionary. But it's a transformation where, like, he's like, I don't want to be a hitman. I want to act. And he's kind of awkward and he's not a very good actor. So he's, like, <clears throat> fumbling around in that world. And periodically, he still has to go kill people. And then, like, something happens at the end of season two. And it just, like, sets a switch off in his head. And he, like, gradually starts becoming more and more, like psychotic oh okay so they've got one more season coming out and it's gonna be this last season ended on a pretty big fucking cliff cliffhanger so like it's gonna be super interesting to see how this final season pans out but it turned out to be quite a good show Hmm. might have to check that out because i everything i ever saw about it like that it just didn't appeal to me but maybe you kind of talking about it well, it takes a little while to get into. Like, you watch the first episode, the first couple, and you're like, okay, I'm into this. And it has these peaks where, like, yeah, this is good. And then it's kind of slow, and you're like, why am I watching this? And then it gets exciting, and you're like, oh, okay, this is why I like it. And then it fucking slows back down again, and you're like, okay, I'm done with this fucking show. And you just, it's just constant fucking peaks until you get to, like, pretty much the end of the third season. You're like, holy shit. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I might have to check that out then. But it it was decent, so I wanted to throw that out there because I couldn't remember if we'd actually talked about it. Yeah, I recently downloaded a or uh, started watching a show called Reboot. Okay, and I'm not talking about the classic nostalgia Bob and Enzo warning incoming game YTV okay, that's what animated I you were series. About. No, no, I didn't even know the show existed. This is like how far out of touch I guess I've become with television and movies. It stars Pam Greer, Johnny Knoxville, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, and a couple others. Okay. And the whole premise is all of these people in the show were like 90s family sitcom actors. They were on a show called like Step It Up or something like that about like a family and like the stepdad in the family. Okay. 
And so they filmed this show in the 90s, and then, like, the show eventually ended, and everyone kind of went their own way. And then some chick is pitching to the studios, like, the studios are like, we need a show, we need a show. And she's like, hey, let's reboot this show. All of these actors, none of them are big, none of them are doing anything special right now, so we can get them for relatively cheap, and we can do a reboot of this 90s sitcom. Right. So they reboot this 90s sitcom so like the show centers around all of these characters kind of like coming to terms with the fact that when they were young they were like up and coming and hot and now they're kind of like old and faded and no one really cares about them they don't have anything going on so they're like gripping at their last chance for fame by rebooting the show that none of them wanted to do right so it's it's very much like playing on like modern tv on how they root on how they're rebooting again that's yes. cool. And it's like I'm it's it's so unfortunate that Hulu fucking canceled it after one season. Like they're not renewing oh, it. Shit. So that part really sucks, but it makes it an easier time commit because it's like watch a season and be done with it. I'm yeah. halfway through the season right now. Yeah. It's I wouldn't say dark humor, but there's lots of cursing. Lots of okay, new, yeah. there's nudity, cursing, like all the all the stuff where you're like, oh, this is a very much adult oriented comedy show. Okay, and it's been really fucking funny so far, like really fucking check, funny. I'm like, about to check this out now that I'm invested. I'm starting to get upset that they got canceled and they're not getting a second season because it's really fucking funny. Huh. I will add that to the list because that actually seems all right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. And then the wife and I also watched After Everything the other night. Okay. So what is that? It's that kid. I shouldn't he's not a kid. It's that guy. He was in Shameless and he's the main character in The Bear. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's him in his early twenties in New York. Ends up meeting a girl at the subway station. Right. Uh, they kind of end up starting to go on a few dates, and all of this takes place at the exact same time he finds out that he's got, like, cancer in his, like, pelvis. Oh, okay. So it's this, like, expedited process where they go from, like, dating to basically being in love and getting married very quick because he's undergoing chemo and he's sick, and it's just, like, roller coaster of emotion for them to, like, get together. And then the aftermath of, like surgery and chemo sticks he's fine he's healing and here's where we are now where <clears throat> in the span of like a year and a half they met each other dated each other got engaged got married moved in together now he's cancer chemo free and what it's like after you take that out of the equation how do they function as an as an actual married couple sure sure it was all right it was you yeah, know there's lots of stuff was very reminiscent of that Movie fifty fifty with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon sure. Levitt and Anna Kendrick. Sure. But kind of this one is like a rom com version of it almost. Yeah, kind of. Like there's definitely some romantic kind of comedy aspect to it, but I would say on the whole it's probably more of like a, a drama. Like there's some oh, pretty okay. there's several moments to that movie that kinda of like punch you right in the gut. Right. But it was it was okay. It was pretty decent. Yeah. Nothing wrong with like those type of movies where it's just like, hey, here's like an all right, like hour 45 watch. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. 
And then the other thing that I put on here, just because I wasn't sure if we talked about it, was I finally watched Glass Onion. Okay, I haven't uh, watched it yet. No? Is, is, is the sequel as good as the first one? Because the first one was a ton of fun. Uh, it was definitely as good. Uh, pretty close to as good. I don't know if it was as good as the first one. It was very, very good, though. Because okay. it had a fucking all-star cast. Yeah, totally. So, like, just seeing all of those people together was pretty fantastic. Yep. And, like, the the premise, how it's laid out, how everything happens, it's like, oh, man, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't as suspenseful as House of Knives, because, like, House of Knives is, like, something happens, and then immediately throughout the whole movie, you're kind of like, okay, who did what? Who's, like, it becomes this big guessing game right off the hop. And then yep. you're constantly led down different paths and you're trying to figure out who the killer is. That kind of mystery solving stuff doesn't really happen until like halfway into the movie. So it's like no. the last half is the try and solve the mystery. And I feel like the mystery wasn't as complex and twisty and windy as the original House of Knives, but it was, it was still really sure. good. It's been on my watch list for, for a while. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, mine too. So I was like, all right, fuck it. What am I going to watch? I'll just watch this. Fair enough. They've been meaning to because I enjoyed the first one. So, yeah. I will probably bump that up the list. So Grounded? Uh, yeah, so I recently... I I think I talked about this game before, but I mean, some friends got into it again this weekend. and It's just a really cool as hell game. Yeah. It's basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but survival crafting... And mm-hmm. it's super well done and just super cool because you're in this backyard kind of thing. And it's just, it's just a really well put together game. If you are looking for like kind of a survival crafting, play with friends, build a base kind of thing. Yeah. I've seen it's, lots of like gameplay footage and I've heard great things about it. I haven't, I haven't played it yet. It's super, it's, it's good times and it's actually got like some cool story stuff about like figuring out why you got shrunk and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's just a, Really good one of those that I started playing again and was like, this is actually really cool. Are you playing it on your Steam Deck? How does the Steam Deck handle it? Uh, I don't have my Steam Deck yet. Oh, so. you don't? No, it's still in Chipping Hill. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. But I did look into it, and apparently you can get it running on there. Even though it's technically not verified, it says it's like unsupported, but apparently you can just do some work around or something. Hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's. I've got a gaming list of some games that I've wanted to try out for a while. That that's yeah. one of them. I really want to try No Man's Sky. Oh yeah, because I've heard that. they've made a lot of progress in it. I want to go back and revisit Cyberpunk now that they have the DLC and it's allegedly fixed a lot of issues. And oh, there's a couple more. Star Citizen. I bought Star Citizen when it was in fucking alpha and I haven't, I I haven't touched it and I don't even know how long. Same with Tarkov. I bought Tarkov when it was a fucking alpha, like almost a decade ago. Haven't, haven't played that in forever. I, I think I played Tarkov like six months ago. And when I booted up, I was like, this is so different from when I first started playing it that I don't even know where to start. I played like two matches and was like, I don't think this is a game for me anymore. Oof, but I did, like not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just 
there was so much that I was like, I, this is too much of a time commitment for me to get into this. Like, I just. I mean, that's fair. I haven't really. This... Go ahead. And then Star Citizen is like, uh, is that, that's, that game's never going to be done. It's never going to come out. Is no, it? I don't think it is. <laughs> like at this point, it's just a fucking a big like money laundering scheme. It seems like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like, I mean, I every once in a while, someone I know is like, "Yo, man, you should really get back into Star Citizen." And then like, I look into like what is there to do, and I'm like, it seems like it would be fun for like a weekend, and then uninstall it maybe. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. That's fair. It's been so long since I've touched fucking Star Citizen. Yeah. And I have, it's been a long time for Tarkov too, but I think part of like, I was kind of thinking about it not that long ago, but then Warzone, like the new Call of Duty came out. Oh yeah. Call of Duty has their DMZ mode. That's right. I've heard that's actually pretty good. I love it, man. I only within the last like week or two, I've started playing actual Battle Royale Warzone. Prior it- to that... The first like three months, I would say at least, of the game's launch, I exclusively only played DMZ. Hmm. <clears throat> I've actually heard from a handful of people that that's actually like a really good mode. So it's great. I absolutely love it, and it's not even just like mindless stuff. Like you get faction missions and stuff that you have to do, and you can unlock. <sighs> Excuse me special guns and stuff like that and then you can unlock like insured weapon slots after you complete so many missions so sure that's kind of what i was going for is trying to unlock these slots and then sometimes i just find immense joy going into the dmz and not needing to work on anything in particular or not wanting to chase an objective in particular so i'll just go in there and look for other players just to take them out and steal all their shit and then go exfil Sure. Yeah. Does it? Does the do the Call of Duty games run on the Steam Deck? Have you tried? I haven't tried. I don't think they run very well. I've seen people play Modern Warfare on the Steam Deck through a du- Windows Dual Boot. Oh sure. Because it's just, if you go on their on Steam site, they don't have a compatibility layer. Like it's not working through Proton. No. So I think it's completely uncompatible. Sure. As of right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I think a handful of online games like that don't do super well in the Steam Deck. I want to say some of it is like because of their anti-cheat stuff, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure that would cause a lot of. <clears throat> problems through Proton because they say anything that's got like Battle Eye or DeNovo or any of that kind of stuff kind of causes issues, which yeah. I hope they one day work it out because like if I have to like go on the road or go on holidays and I can just connect my Steam Deck to Wi-Fi and then Bluetooth my fucking earbuds to it and I can hop on and play a couple rounds with some of, some of the guys for like 20 minutes and then hop off. That would yeah. be so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope they figure that out because it's cause from what I've seen, a lot of unsupported stuff. It's like usually a lot of it is like online components like causing issues, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how hard that would be to factor into 
like the Steam Deck. Maybe there's a shit ton of work that just needs to be done for some reason, but I don't know. Or just get rid of Denuvo completely because that software fucking sucks. Well, maybe one day we'll get lucky. One day. So you got one story left here. What's your grape with Home Depot? Oh, I just saw this because it was a Canadian thing. I figured it deserved a name and shame. So apparently, if you shopped at Home Depot Canada and you wanted to get an email receipt at your purchase, Home Depot then took that as consent to just sell all of your data from that transaction to Facebook for advertising <laughs> without you opting into it. So, yeah. Well. So, yeah. So I I figured this just deserved a good name and shame because it's up in Canada. And people like us probably that own houses and maybe go to Home Depot to buy some supplies. Why maybe in you the wanna... world do you call it Home Depot? I don't know. Okay. Depot. Yeah, it, it's Depot, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just because I'm really tired right now. Fair enough. Tim Hortons uh, got you... busted doing shady shit like that not that long ago, too. Where if you oh, okay. had the Tim Hortons app, that's right. It was constantly tracking and sending everything from your phone and collecting all of the data. Even if you said, "Hey, don't track this. Don't look at my location unless I have the app open. Don't do this. You can't access that." It was doing all of it anyway. Yep, that's right. I remember that. And then they settled everyone, and everyone just got like a ten dollar Tim card, and they were like, "Yeah, sorry." <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I just. Got an email the other day that says I qualify for this fucking part of this apology from Tim Hortons. And it wasn't even attempted. It was like get a couple free cups of coffee and some free fucking donuts. Yep. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah, totally. It's, it's kind of bullshit that there's like never any fucking consequences when this happens. Where it's just like, hey, I didn't fucking consent to any of this shit. And you just fucking... Did it anyway. It's like, what the fuck? Well, that's... <clears throat> it's interesting you say that because I was... I think it was the WAN show I was listening to a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about one of Google's, like, antitrust lawsuits they were facing in the EU. And the point that they were making is they were like, big companies will do this stuff knowing that they're going to get caught, knowing that they're going to pay fines because it doesn't matter. Because by doing this illegal thing and breaking the law, they're going to net themselves like a billion dollars and then have to pay a fine of $150 million for breaking the fucking whatever law it is they broke. So they're still netting themselves like $850 million in profit. So Yeah, they just factor the fine into the fucking cost and yeah. away you go. Which is, I'm guessing, is how a lot of these companies are operating. It's just like, yeah, we shouldn't do this. We're going to get in trouble. We're going to get slapped on the wrist. We'll have to pay a fine. But if we can make more money than what that fine is going to cost us, then go for it because that's still fucking profit. Yep. And it's, it, it's fucked because like even like in this Home Depot article, like whatever the Canada's Privacy can Commission or whatever, when they were like getting statements from Home Depot, they like the company even egregiously said they're like, yeah, we... We didn't like factor in consent because we find that customers have consent fatigue nowadays to opt into shit. So we just didn't ask. And it's just like, what? It's just like, fuck you. Like, yeah, no wonder. It's just like, fuck off. 
That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Makes me really happy that every time I'm at Home Depot, which I was just there two days ago buying a snow shovel. Yeah. I always print my receipts. Like, I'm not giving you my email so you can email me a bunch of fucking garbage. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yep. So, figured that deserved a a good name and shame for up in Canada. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, ever since I got a house, like, I go to our local one in town here, and it usually has most of what I need for the most part. That I usually just go to those ones, you know. Usually only if I need, like, a specific thing, then I'll, like, go to one of the big brands or something. But yeah. For most of the local stuff. But, yeah. Good old companies stealing our shit. Yeah. That's never gonna end. <laughs> nope. Nope. That it won't. That's all I got. Yeah. It's a rather short one today. Yeah. All right, then. All right. Catch you on the next one. Later.